0: Today in Canadian History, for February the 24th, I'm Joe Barima. On this day back in 1866, Martha Louise Munger, known by many as Martha Louise Black, was born in Chicago. She spent much of her teens, 20s and 30s as what some would refer to with the oh-so-gentle term, a pleasant lady. Well, in 1897, at the age of 32, Martha Louise Munger abandoned Chicago society and joined in the famous Klondike Gold Rush. Hers was a life well-lived, where fortune and world travel played heavily. And, to top it all off, she stopped by Parliament for a stint, becoming the second woman ever to sit federally. To hear more about her amazing story, I spoke with author Frances Backhouse, author of Women of the Klondike. In um,
1: 1897, um, when she had been... Uh, She was uh, 32, she'd been married for 10 years, living in Chicago, um, a comfortable life as a a socialite and mother of two and married to a uh, businessman. And in 1897, the word of the Klondike gold strike got out to the rest of the world, and her husband was among the many people who immediately wanted to go and uh, try their hand at getting some gold. And... Um, along with a friend of his, and Martha and the friend's wife both said, well, we want to come on this adventure too. So the two couples set off. Um, they had some organizing to do along the way. They got as far as Seattle, and her husband, Will, um, got cold feet, um, literally got cold feet. He decided he'd rather actually go to the Sandwich Islands, which we now know as Hawaii, um, and uh, there was some... Um, some mining opportunities there, and he wanted to uh, change the plan. And Martha was dead set on on going to the Klondike, and they had a big fight, um, uh, exchanged angry words, and went their separate ways. And so she continued on to the Klondike with her brother and um, other members of their party. She climbed the Chilkoot Trail and uh, ended up in Dawson at the height of the that gold rush
0: how would you describe her when when you start telling the story uh, how do you describe her to people
1: she was a very determined woman um, she had a very easy upbringing but she wasn't afraid of hardship and she she also didn't want to just sit around and, and be a socialite and so um, after the baby was born, the, the next year her father came up north to take her back to Chicago um, where she her other two sons were staying with her parents. And her family really wanted her to stay in the south even though um, her marriage was over. Um, but she she was really excited by the opportunities of the north and the opportunities to do something that not as many women were able to do in the south. And so she ended up going back, uh, running a couple of sawmills, um being a businesswoman there and after a few years she uh, met uh, one of the Dawson's um, eligible bachelors a, a lawyer and he wanted to get married right away. She took her time thinking about it but they did finally get married in 1904 and um, so then she led a somewhat more conventional life after that but she was never really very conventional. <music>
0: Martha was known as someone who lived life on her own terms, who breathed deeply and stretched her legs. Her time in the Yukon was legendary. She developed a reputation as a reliable leader. But circumstances beyond Canada's north drew her away throughout her life.
1: Her husband ended up getting um, elected as a member of parliament in 1921. Um, he'd already been the territorial commissioner. And so from 1921 until uh in 1935, she moved back and forth between Ottawa, spent the winters in Ottawa, um, and then the, the summers in Dawson. And then in 35, he was too sick to run for um, his seat again, and so she actually ran in his place and became the second woman elected to uh, the Canadian Parliament um, after, after Agnes McPhail. Uh, so then she was in Ottawa, actually, as a, a member of Parliament herself. Um, she also spent some time in England um, before... Um, her husband was elected to Parliament. Um, when World War I broke out, he organized a, a territorial, a Yukon territorial um, a force that went to fight uh, in Europe. And she didn't want to be left behind, so she went off to England and um, lived in London during the war and provided a sort of home away for, from home for Yukoners that came through at that time. She always kept going back to the north. She loved the Yukon, and um, she lived most of her life either in Dawson City or later in Whitehorse. And um, she was still living in Whitehorse when she died in 1957 at uh, 91 years old. The north has always attracted people like that because there's room to there's room to live the way you want to live. There's less judgment on how people live, and and so you know certainly for her being there as A pregnant woman with no husband in sight in 1898 um, was something that would have been pretty difficult in Chicago. But, you know, everyone was so busy getting gold in Dawson that they kind of overlooked that fact.
0: As always, today is a day full of Canadian history. John King Gordon, one of the founding members of the Cooperative Commonwealth Federation, passed away on this day back in 1989. The Edmonton Mercuries won the gold medal in hockey at the Winter Olympics on this day back in 1952. And on this day back in 1999, Canadian female artists dominated the Grammys, with Celine Dion, Alanis Morissette, and Shania Twain all taking home major awards. And as always, on this day we aired this episode of Today in Canadian History. Today in Canadian History is produced by CGSW 90.9 FM executive producers are Joe Brima and Mark Affeld. Original music is produced by the Fisk, Fletcher, and May trio. Our series is not meant to be a definitive source on our past. Instead, we hope that it sparks a desire to learn more about our unique history. For more information on the series or to recommend an event or moment, check out our website at cjsw.com slash today in Canadian history. We leave you with a little tidbit from one of Martha Louise Munger's first winters in the Yukon.
1: She was basically ignoring a, a little nagging thought that she had, and she ignored it until the river froze, and there was no way to leave and At that point, she admitted to herself that she was pregnant, so she was stuck there um in the 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 northern winter coming on in this cabin um, supplies were in very very um hard to get, so no fresh fruit uh, no dairy um, very basic food they barely even had enough candles to burn um and so she managed anyway stay healthy and um at the end of January in 1899 um gave birth to a son and she has two versions of how what happened um one is that she uh was on her own in the cabin when she had the baby the other is that um one of the members of the party was who She described as an old sea captain who had a hook for an arm, Uh, one hand, um, helped her deliver the baby with cloth wrapped around the hook, so (laughs) both very dramatic uh, stories and we no longer know which one's true.